Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In Minneapolis, a large Somali refugee community, Adan has nowhere to go. His mom has kicked him out, and his friends are tired of his headstrong ways. As a last resort, he moves into a mosque, praying for a little help. Surprisingly, God seems to answer. Adan quickly lands a good job, devout friends, and a newfound faith. That is the setup. And there's a lot more to this film than just that, but the film is called Astray, and we're joined today by the writer and the director, and that would be Musa Saeed. Musa, welcome to film school. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Thank you. Really, um, a beautifully paced film. Um, a, 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 it's just a very uh, kind of genteel uh, a, unfolding of the story and of the character of uh, Adan. Tell me a little bit about the origins of the story. Sure. Um, so, you know, I am Muslim. I grew up in the Midwest, in Indiana. Um, and I just felt like uh, my sort of coming-of-age story, or, or one similar to mine, hadn't really been told yet. And, um, you know, I want... I So in, in looking for a story to tell, you know, a lot of my work has been very community-based. So I wanted to find the right community to sort of base that coming-of-age story in. And the... You know, Somali community in Minneapolis is just such a sort of vibrant, rich um, community in terms of just the the institutions that it's built, um, the, the mosques, the businesses. There's a, the Somali Museum now, which we feature in the film in a scene. Um, there's just a lot of visual um, possibilities to really immerse an audience in. So um, so I, I, I chose to, to, to make the film in that community. Um, and, and the sort of central relationship of the film is between Aden and... Uh, a stray dog, um, yeah. and that sort of came from you know my experience of uh, my wife um, adopting a stray dog <laughs> uh, when we first got married. Um, you know, so so dogs in uh, in the religion in Islam uh, are are largely thought to be impure. They're not you know to be shunned, but they're just there's this sensitivity around impurity. So sometimes it's become almost like a fear of dogs for some for some Muslims. Um, and so, uh, I was just intrigued about if, you know, Adam winds up having to take care of this dog, um, how does he sort of show, how how is he able to love this thing that he can't touch because it's impure? How does he find a way to connect with something so seemingly different from him, which I think is maybe the way that a lot of, you know, Americans might see Muslim youth today, um, Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of distance between people, so how do we sort of um, connect between, how, how do we find a way to connect um, between two seemingly irreconcilable, you know, forces or, 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 or um, groups? Yeah, and that's one of the strengths of the film, uh, I, in my opinion, the, uh, of your film Astray, is is that it is, um, it is about a Somali, a, 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 a person, a um, Immigrant to this country, unfamiliar with many of the the ways of uh, of American society, trying to find his way. And this, and again, I think it's a great and the great the way you work in this, this this dog and the parallels between them and their their seeking 
to be embraced, seeking to be uh, respected, and, and you know, just thought of as as a member of the, between the dog. The dog never, we never give the dog a name, do we? Did we? Uh, Adam Adam gives the dog a name at one point. Okay. Um, he calls her Layla. That's right. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's right, Layla. So again, I mean, so yeah. much of this story is is, is subtle, and, uh, and and it is, uh, it, but it moves forward that this narrative that, uh, you know, uh, it is a story of all humans seeking to find their own place, to find a place in in their right. lives and in the lives of the people around them. But then, you th- then on top of this, we have this sort of other. A culture that, for many Americans, it's uh, it's 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 un- unusual and uh, not mm-hmm. not uh, not not embraced in many places. So, it, it's it plays it out in in just a, a very uh, smart way of doing this. Um, oh, yeah, it does. And um, so, I just I'm curious. So, you in uh, reading about the film and the backstory, I mean, there there is some this. Uh, uh, Somali community in Minneapolis. This mm-hmm. is some. This is something that Americans, unfortunately, have come to know about because in a couple of years ago there was some uh, some news stories about some people that have left that community that were seemed intent on going back to, to fight for uh, for terrorism. And um, I just I'm, I'm glad to see. This is just one. I'm just making an editorial comment. It's just so good to see sure. films about this sort of thing. Where uh, it, it just it just people trying to find their way, but I know this entered yeah, into your thought process. So please, I want to hear you know what we what is this part, obviously a conscious part of what you were trying to accomplish with the film? Sure, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I think those those news stories have been sort of floating around, and I think a lot of the people in the community have felt that you know these exceptions have kind of been the become the rule of the way that people understand um, who they are. So. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't come to the community to like refute that, but yeah. um, but I think it it just you know happens naturally because my focus was not on you know you know those sort of fringe um, experiences, but on you know just the everyday quality of life of people trying to make a living, trying to make a home, um, you know, uh, keeping families together. Um, so so you know my my focus was you know, really informed by just the people that I met and, um, you know, and, and by them advocating for, you know, um, their, their truer or real, more real stories be told. Their humanity. I mean, really arguing for their humanity right. in, in such a, in such a, right. a, a such a wonderful way. <clears throat> now, the, the film is opening today in uh, as we speak here in in Southern California. It's October twenty first, and it's opening in in New York. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Let, so yeah, it's opening in New York, and it's it's been playing in Minneapolis uh, also for the next week. Mm-hmm. So where is it opening in New York for people listening to us uh, via the internet? Uh, it's playing at the Made in New York Media Center in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's thirty John Street. Okay. Now, it, it, so you said it's open in Minneapolis as well. What's been the reaction to, in the Somali community? Has it been shown to uh, to a group of uh, Somali? Um... Uh, the reaction has been really positive. You know, before I released the film, um, you know, I, I shared the film, and, and even before that, I shared the script with a lot of people in the community, and they gave me a lot of great notes. And, and so, by the time the film came out, I think you know people weren't um, surprised. I think they felt like they knew what the story would be. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then just this past week um, was the, the theatrical premiere in, in Minnesota. Um, and before that, we also were at the, the Minneapolis-St. Paul Film Festival, where we were able to bring a lot of the community together to watch the film. And we also did a, a screening this past week at the um, community center, where we partially shot some of the scenes in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, the response has been really positive. I think people just feel like this is, um, you know, one of the first times that they've seen like real community spaces being shown in the film, you know, um, in a, in a, in a way that's not, um, sensationalized, you know, we're, we're the film, we're in mosques and, um, in the community centers and in restaurants and it's just shot. We tried to shoot as much as possible just from the perspective of being in that space rather than, you know, objectifying it or, or against sensationalizing these, these places or the people. Um, so I think people can sense that it's a different, you know, it's, it's being shot and being told from a different perspective, um, where it's really trying to immerse people in the community rather than sort of, you know, taking... Because I think what a lot of people in the community are familiar with is when news cameras set up on their sidewalk or on their soccer fields and just sort of shoot them from a distance. But I think, you know, they can they can feel the, the closeness and the intimacy of this film and, and the warmth, hopefully, that comes with that. Adin's story is, is one in which he has just sort of... Uh, we've talked about it at the top in the synopsis of it but basically he's sort of falling out of favor with everyone in his life at, at this particular juncture mm-hmm. and he's looking for answers and he ends up going to the mosque and I want to applaud you again this is another thing that's sort of pulling back the curtain for most Americans uh, no idea what, what happens in a mosque as if there's something you know incredibly bizarre or something that's going on but the Iman right. the Iman in, the, uh, in this is, is a very I mean it's just good to see People portrayed in ways that they actually are, and this is a film right. that does that. Where he's, where he's the spiritual leader, spiritual guide, guide, guidance for uh, for Adam, and and how that sort of plays out. And then he has uh, Adam has sort of a benefactor who comes into his life to try and help him out. Right. I love that interaction. Uh, whenever well, there's one scene with the three of them together. Uh, and mm-hmm. the, the way that it's – I just thought it was beautiful. I thought the dialogue, I thought everything about that particular scene just felt just, I mean, yeah. perf- perfect. And I, I mean, the, Go ahead. The great thing about the, the mosque was that um, the imam in the film is an actual imam in the community. Uh-huh. And so he – and he's a you know, fairly prominent imam, uh, Sheikh Hassan. Um, and so, you know, I got to know him. I went to his mosque a few times. I told him my idea. He, you know, gave me his feedback. We went over the script together. Um, and, you know, and I really wanted a real imam to play the imam in the film. Um, and so he, uh, you know, at first he was like, he wasn't sure. And then when it came time to shoot, he was just like, okay, I'll give you, you know, like 20 minutes and that's all I have time for. Um, but once we got into it and we were shooting and we were doing takes and he was, you know, actually starting to like it. So he gave us more and more time, you know, to shoot the film and he, and he's, you know, I, I think, you know, to be a religious leader, you have to have some, probably some performative uh, abilities. Oh, yeah. Um, so he, he uh, you know, he, he nailed it. He was, you know, one of the, you know, as, as we had a lot of non-professional actors in the film, but I think, you know, he actually really stands up because, you know, he just, he knew what he was talking about and he, you know, um, didn't need too many takes. Um, but he, he gave us more of his time, I think, just because he was, he was, enjoying the, the process and the, no. the creativity of it. Well, and you're, you're operating in kind of his wheelhouse, right? I mean, you're asking him to right. portray someone who is giving spiritual guidance and, and solving problems between uh, people and issues that come up and 
and providing you know a, a sort of an authoritative voice and of reason in all of this. So, and he is, as I said, he's terrific. And uh, now you you mentioned there are a lot of non professional actors in here, and um, mm-hmm. I I have to tell you, I I thought uh, Barkhad uh, Abdirahman was just terrific. Mm-hmm. He plays the lead. He plays our, our lead character in Adan. And uh, he is wonderful. Uh, some people have seen him in um, Captain Phillips. Uh, and, right. and so he's been, he's been in front of uh, cameras before. But is I'm going to guess that... How, I mean, what's the percentage of people, non-actors, that, that you had in the film, uh, sort of? Um, pretty much all, like, his, um, you know... A lot of the main roles, there was, uh, in terms of people that were actually, like, SAG actors, there was Barkhad, um, Faisal Ahmed, who was also in Captain Phillips, was in the film and plays one of his um, friends, um, was also SAG, and, and the FBI agent, Christina Baldwin, is SAG. So okay. it was the only three, like, you know, in terms of really professional SAG actors that we had, and the rest were, you know, um, non-professionals. Um, some of them had some work in theater and other things, but... Yeah, for the for the most part, this is a lot of people's introduction to being on on camera, um, which was a lot of fun um, for me to to be able to. Uh, it all comes down to just really getting people in a in a comfortable, familiar environment, um, and just you know letting them do their thing. So there was, you know, just a lot of times where just like let the camera roll and just let people kind of find their voice in the scene and and let things play out. Um, you know, we there was. A script, obviously, and we we used it as sort of a rough outline at times. Um, and other times it was, you know, very much we were hitting dialogue, but um, other times it was really letting people, especially because a lot of it is in Somali language, letting um, a lot of the characters put their own spin on on things. Um, and I think for Somali audiences, they'll, you know, the subtitles can't capture all of the nuance and the inside jokes, I guess, so yeah. those will sort of be Easter eggs for... for um, people that speak the language. Yeah. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Musa Saeed, and he is the director of, and writer of the new film, Astray, A-S-T-R-A-Y, Astray. And it's opening <laughs> yeah. in New York um, uh, today, and as well as hopefully rolling out across the country. Um, plans for it to go onto a video release or platform of some kind, or is that to be determined, or do you have a sort of a, a game plan moving forward with all that? Other. Um, it should be available in the next couple of months, so we're sort of um, hammering out the details right now. And, and I, this, I want to, you know, like I, I, these kinds of films, I'm always intrigued by, and and I love these kinds of films that are very, uh, for sort of a low key, on the ground, a lot of. It feels like a film, very naturalistic, and I, I just want to point mm-hmm. to some filmmakers that I think uh, that it's a rich tradition of being able to pull this off, and this is one of them. But uh, it reminds me a lot of Roman Barani's er- earlier work, certainly uh, mm-hmm. uh, Man Pushcart and Chop Shop, and then also Sean Baker, for people who know his work, and then uh, more recently uh, Keith Miller. Uh, there's a lot of people that are operating this sort of, and I'll call it neorealism. If this, if you'd made this film sure. 65, 70 years ago, people would be talking about the neorealists of, of you know, of, of the of New York. But uh, it is, right. in fact, in fact, this is that kind of a film. It's in that tradition. Would Would you agree with that? Was right. That, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, you know, Ramin Bahrani and um, others were were a big influence, and you know, neorealism from other from uh, from Italy and and. Um, India, you know, have have been really, and Iran have been really um, 
influential. I think the thing for me, though, um, a lot of neorealist films tend to be very bleak and sort of end with like a gut punch kind of ending. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, for me, I think, uh, especially because there's just there's so much like trauma and devastation with you know people of color and particularly with Muslims in, in film. Um, I always and and just the films that I liked growing up were just more, um, you know, heartwarming or more. Um, there, there's more levity to them, so that's something I, I guess, consciously try to do, even within the neo-realist framework, is just try to um, inject more of that levity and more of that warmth where you know it often doesn't have that, um, or or a big part of the tradition, you know, is, is usually much more bleak. Yeah, well, and you've infused. Uh then with that uh, that sort of you've kept him away from that that sort of uh you know nihilism and that sort of the the his character yeah. at at some turn at different points in this film could have turned uh in, into a very sour sort of uh perspective on things but uh and that's also a tribute to uh Parkhad, uh Abdirahman and his performance i think he's terrific in this film um i yeah. I, I liked him from the beginning i liked him even when some of his actions didn't exactly, you know, engender that feeling, but I always I appreciated him, and for what he was trying to accomplish, he never he never went to that other place. That I think you were talking about uh, with with his performance, and I just I, th I thought he was mm -hmm. terrific. Again, people can find out more about the film. They go to your website. Uh, is, there's I didn't find a website for the film. I, for you, is that am I am I right? Yeah. It's just so, so, um, yeah. If you if you go to my website, that's um, yeah. That's you good. know, there's links to the you know to tickets for New York and Minneapolis right now, and we'll have other updates uh, there. So okay. just it's my name dot com. Yeah. M U S A S Y E E D. And 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 also you, the if people. Go to the film school website as well. It's, it, there's a, a link to it as well for uh, for that. Um, so either way, go there and check it out. Now, you uh, or previous work you did Valley of Saints. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about how this is an extension of that, or what what is sort of your uh, arc as a as a filmmaker? What is how do you see this in terms of your lexicon of of film work? Um, yeah, I think, you know, Valley of Saints was a film I shot in Kashmir, where my family is from. Um, and it was a very, uh, it was it was a similar process in some ways in terms of just the way we shot it and trying to have that really naturalistic, immersive feel to it. Um, with that film, though, we were shooting during a military curfew with, like, a crew of three people over the course of, you know, two and a half months. Um, so it was... Uh, you know, it was a very um, open-ended sort of production, um, you know, with a very loose script. Um, so, so that was different than this film where we had, you know, we had uh, we had SAG actors. We only had three of them, but it was it still sort of um, helped or made us shape the production schedule. So it was only 16 days um, of, of shooting. So that kind of, you know, had to that that had to sort of force me to. Um, you know, figure out how to take the style that I sort of developed with Valley of Saints and, and to be able to um, fit it into a much shorter, compressed timeline. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so you know, I think it, 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 uh, it Valley of Saints, again, prepared us to have that more sort of spontaneous production where we were able to respond to a lot of different types of production challenges, particularly in communities where, you know, that are not familiar with, with some production or <laughs> are not necessarily, you know, that interested in it. Um, right. So, uh, so yeah, I think for me, though, it, it was a way also to, you know, take, 
Valentine's was, you know, entirely in a foreign language and in, in another country, and this was a way to, you know, tie uh, a story back closer to my experience. Um, uh, so, you know, sort of looking at sort of the next step of, of migration and a lot of the issues that I'm interested in about around home and um, displacement. Well, it's a wonderful piece of work, and, and, and you've taken uh, a story that on its surface might not look like a whole lot is going on and turned it into something that it, there is. And there's there is a, 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 especially the sort of the humanity of it and the spirituality. I think we haven't really touched too much on it, except to mention mm-hmm. that it, uh, Islam is a part of his life, but it, there, there is a strong thread of, of, of spiritual uh, um, spirituality that's important to the film. So... I congratulations on this, and uh, I really thank you for your time today. It, the film is called Astray, and um, we've been uh, speaking with the writer and the director, Musa Saeed. Um, keep the keep up the great work. I hope you find time to come back and join us when you come out with a new film. Thank you. I hope so. Thanks. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.